the Dynasty Roundtable podcast featuring myself and my co-host Matt Babich. We're helping you build that dynasty and tonight on the show, very special show tonight, we have the executives, Cody Carpentier and Maddie Kiwoom. Cody, just recently off of taking a position at Roster Watch. So Cody, tell us what you've been up to. Tell the people what's going on in your world because now you're a roster, a roster watch. It's exciting. I'm at, I'm, I didn't go far. I, I didn't go yeah. far. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, at, I'm, at, I'm, at, I'm at roster watch right now. Yeah. And uh, that's the move. So um, right now we're just working on the ultimate draft cheat sheet, getting that thing all all spiced up. We're on uh, Sirius XM every Saturday and Sunday from three to five and uh, working on some podcasts, working on mock drafting during the week. And uh, honestly, we're just getting lined up for the training camp tour coming up in uh, in uh, late July and early August. Uh, I'm going to be hitting you know a half dozen to a dozen training camps, and uh, I'm excited about that. So that's that's where we're looking right now. We're starting to look at the 2024 class and things like that. So just getting getting warmed up. Awesome. How many? Which? Uh, how many training camps are you going to, and which ones? Do you know? Right now, I'm looking at seven of them, and oh. but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Well. Carolina and Atlanta are pretty much for sure. And uh, the rest of them, they're just kind of, we're trying to, trying to, trying to create a, a tour list uh, to make the dates work and all that stuff. And trying to go in the, the, the goal is to go see these teams. Like if you want to go to Atlanta, you want to go when they have another team in town for practice, right? So it's joint practice. You can get the most realistic looks. That's the goal. So uh, mm-hmm. we're just kind of in the, in the building phase of the schedule. We're still about a month out from the, a hot 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 season in training camp so that's about what we're doing right now nice nice and what about maddie tell the people about the executives where they can find that well www.patreon.com slash the executives cody and myself an episode or two a week we got tiger's trade show the executive show he just dropped his dynasty rankings we got our cornerstone rankings we got a whole lot going on over there so tap into that we got some some dynasty leagues we've we got the Favage league that i'm in and then we have the executives one but i mean fish scott fishbowl is going on we got the dynasty round table startup going on but when those things are done i might start itching to get into another one so if you want to join the executives league go ahead and either get into the discord or you know throw us a, a subscription on patreon and then we'll get you in one of those leagues nice all right. So we do we we are in this dynasty startup. Go do all those things by the way because I am a Patreon member of the executives and it's well worth the uh, money. Is Matt Babbage? Are you as well, Matt? Matt, Matt Babbage, Matt Babbage. I was just about to shout him out cuz he just joined this week too. I appreciate you, Matt. Yes, sir. All right. All right. Now we're going to all know each other's tendencies in drafting. We're going to have to do another one. Let's go. <laughs> Scouting the yeah. competition. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, so go do that because uh, it's two for the price of one. I can't believe you guys don't have like a thousand people. You maybe you do, I don't know, but it's uh, Cody and Maddie are some of the best dynasty players out there for sure. And and we're gonna talk about it right now because I'm gonna bring this up. Of course, this depends on my ability to figure out technology. So <laughs> uh, to be we're gonna bring this sure. up. We'll bring this up. All right, we got to get kill this overlay. And so this is our uh, this is our dynasty startup right now. Um, there, that's a little better. So we're through 10 rounds. So we got a good chunk of this draft in here. So, uh, Cody, why don't we start with you and I'll highlight your team. Why don't you just kind of walk me through your strategy? Cause you were trading up and down the board all over the place. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna actually gonna defer this because I'm trying to get my shit checked off just so that I can make these two selections right here. I'm gonna defer this to Matt. Yeah, Cody, Cody's on the clock. That's right. You're on the clock right now. You <laughs> no. got two picks. I'm going to defer my opportunity to Maddie for a minute. No, why don't you defer your opportunity to draft, trade me the pick, and then I can make the pick, and you can go ahead and talk about your roster, Mr. Deferral. All right, what's the trade then, huh? It's on the board. I sent it to you. Oh, I declined that already. That's not good. That's not good radio, Maddie. What's the trade offer? The trade is a a 24-second and a startup pick. I mean, you guys have seen this offer probably seven times each. I will not stop until someone makes a trade with me. Everyone in this league, Matt, your dad has has declined me, and he is the nicest man because he pleasantly just gets back to me and says, Maddie, listen, I can't do this right now. I want to make a pick. I say, thank you. Thank you, Sam. Every single time, but I keep peppering him another uh, another offer. So, Sam, if you're in the chat, oh, I see you are in the chat, Mr. Babbage. If it gets back to you, my guy's on the board. I'm going to send it to you again. All right, okay, so we have trade offers going down on live on the show. Cody is on the clock. I didn't even really think about this. Cody, you have like three of the next four picks, actually. So you might be making some selections live on air. Uh, You guys don't think I timed out on purpose, do you? uh, Oh, he definitely did it. He did it. He did it. Okay. Well, it's like it's a it's a nine hour clock. He didn't. He has seventeen picks in this corner. He did not time out on purpose. It was negligence. Sheer negligence. Sheer negligence. I will. I will attest to that. That's that's. You're not wrong. All right. <laughs> All right. So Cody, right. think about your pick. I'll talk about my team. Oh, the pick oh, was you made, made it. Okay. So now One Cody, is you trade me. Let's do this. Let's do it now. You've made enough picks. Let's make the trade. What? What are we talking? You got a second round pick, and what else? And I'll send you. I don't know. Seventeenth. Seventeenth rounder or something like that. I'll give it back to you. I mean, a second round pick. We're talking about. Your eighth guy that you've taken in the last two rounds? I mean, come on, ain't nothing. Let me get my guy here on Dynasty Roundtable. That's mm. interesting. That's interesting. Oh, he's going to ponder it. Actually, here. I oh. think I'll take Alvin Kamara. I just cornered, cornered the New Orleans backfield, and I got Kendra and, and Kamara now. So uh, our, boy DeRay, our boy DeRay25 was on the clock, and then uh, I'm back up with your pick, Matt. Yeah, that's when you could trade me. Maybe. That's yeah. when you trade me. All right, Man, so that so, was that was the team. Yeah, so wow, Juju only here on the dynasty roundtable, ladies and gentlemen, uh, with the trade negotiations and the back-to-back picks for Cody Carpentier. So talk us through this team, Cody. Like we we start wide receiver wide receiver heavy. You kind of waited on uh, quarterback Trey Lance. That pick uh, to me was I don't know if it was a shocking pick with some of the quarterbacks left on the board. It's certainly a lot of upside there. So talk us through your strategy. Uh, I definitely didn't want to wait um, for Lance, but I kind of the hands I was dealt with how I navigated this um, and the values I felt with Swift and Samuel and Dobbins falling to there. Um, Maddie decided to jump in there and get Brandon Ayuk. And at that point, I was looking at his roster and my roster, and I was thinking, well, I don't think he's going to go quarterback here. So I took the three talented players in Samuel, Swift, and Dobbins, and then. Um, and then I just Lance and Pickett were sitting there, and I just honestly, what was there? Carr, Purdy, Roger, Stafford, Levis. Levis is a guy at ten ten. He just went that I was actually looking at to get on this turn. That was why I have all these picks right here. I think I got four picks now out of six in this turn. So Levis was one of the guys I wanted, and obviously Kendra. But Lance and Pickett, not my favorite duo at quarterback uh, in Superflex for sure. I need to add a couple more. Um, I definitely am more. 
um, positive and trustworthy of the Lance situation than a lot of people are. Um, never been big on Pickett, but I think he's going to be just fine as a QB two. I'm really just pushing a lot of chips in on Lance in this situation itself. Uh, obviously, by the build, uh, you know, top end at wide receiver, hit a couple running backs, and and come back around with the rookie and the and the older vet in the same backfield. That's kind of how it's built. I got it. I got to add a couple more quarterbacks at the bottom line, but I think as far as balance goes, I feel balanced here. Mayer is young, but Mayer's got all the talent in the world. Going to add another couple tight ends there, but I feel good at running back and receiver, and that's what I'm focused on in this draft so far. Yeah, for sure. Like I remember being when you took Mayer there. I had I had the the next I think three picks in a row, and I if you wouldn't have taken Mayer, I would have taken Mayer because one of my picks was uh, Sam Laporta. Uh, so especially in a format like this, with where it's two points per tight end premium for it's two points per tight end reception league, uh, getting a tight end like Mayer's big and. Uh, Maddie, we're, I'm going to highlight your team now. Why don't you, why don't you talk us through, like, because you've been, like, sending trade offers, like. Every goddamn yeah, hour. Like, yeah, like, oh, yeah. No, the, the, it's a good thing. Like, it's, I, I appreciate, like, because the worst thing that you, the worst thing, and I think everybody can agree, is a league that where nobody is sending any offers at all. So I, I'd rather have somebody sending a ton of offers than nothing going on. So talk us through your team, Maddie. Well, Seth, I'm, I'm very glad to hear you say that. I hope the other members of the league would also, uh, you know, recite that, but I doubt it because I have been pestering every single one since <laughs> round eight to try to jump back into this thing. Uh, but I've done a number of startups this year. And what I've kind of gathered is you want to draft. I mean, you want to make your trades early, set the market. Matt, Matt was on the trade gods a couple weeks ago and we were joking how Seth completely shat on the pick market by trading all your picks early. So you totally set the bar, totally set the market, and now it let everyone else play catch-up that was trying to trade out. So that's what you want to do. You want to trade early and often because it gets hard late because people start seeing their team come together. People believe that you know their builds are coming the way that they, they were hoping they would, and then they're a little bit less likely to trade. But you know I'm going to keep pestering at it. I'm going to keep trying. I did have the 109, which is in a super flex startup dynasty draft is one of the worst plot spots to be in. Yeah, you can get Jefferson, which is great, but now it's just you're going to be chasing quarterback the entire draft, whether it be early and reaching on, you know, the, the well, Richardson went 2-1, but it would be the Prescotts, the Murrays, the Cousins, all those players you'd be reaching on. I decided to stay put. And a little bit was because of the executives startup. I decided to trade out of it. Didn't like the, the build as much as I did here, where I was able to stay put, get Jefferson and Amon Ross St. Brown. But where it got interesting for me was round three. I got to the pick here. Kelsey was still on the board. I wanted Kelsey because this is a 2.0 TEP. So I wanted Kelsey. But the problem with going Kelsey early, and this is also for Scott Fishbowl. I know that we're all in the Scott Fish draft right now. Going Kelsey as early as you have to in Scott Fish or taking Kelsey as early as the second or third in Dynasty Startup, in my opinion, gives you a hyper-fragile build because you're putting so many chips on a player that, you know, I, I love Kelsey. I still believe he's Dynasty tight end one. I still think he's got three years left in the tank, but he the facts are he's going into his 34th season. The facts are, you know, the cliff is approaching. Is it like three years from now, two years from now? I guess that remains to be seen. So I was a little nervous going Kelsey with the 3-4. So what I decided to do was I reached out 
the friend of the show, Aditya, let him know, hey, I'm interested in this pick at the 3-5. We're able to work something out. And that solidified what I wanted to do here. And I double tap tight end because it's 2.0 tight end premium. Andrews will be good enough to be in my flex uh, because of obviously he's Mark Andrews. And this is also hedges now my future at tight end where if the cliff is a lot earlier than I hope or that I predict for Kelsey, Andrews is right there waiting in the wings to kind of take that role and allows my team build to now not just be a one year going after it with a strong tight end, but a potential two or three year or even even more with Andrews because he's going to his age, I think, 28 season or something like that. So that was an important move for me. Uh, and then I, you know, I, I, I maybe got too cute with trading out of, I had back-to-back picks, a 4-9 or 4-8-4-9. I traded out of the 4-9, I believe it was, or maybe it was, Five four no, but it was a trade. It was a five four because me and Matt made the trade. Yeah, it was me. I came up. For Matt Pollard. moved up for Pollard. Good pick. And I think if I could go back on it, would I rather have, uh, you know, what I got in the? I think I was what was the two picks? I think it was Deontay and Ayuk. So would I rather Pollock or Ayuk and Johnson? It's a little bit tough. It made it a little bit easier getting Aaron Jones at the nine four. But so far, my team's coming together. I've made a lot of trades. I've mortgaged a lot of my future draft picks. So it's really kind of we're going forward early, boys. We're gonna have to, but you know, once you're in for a penny, might as well be in for a pound. Yeah, there you go. I I mean, it's the your strategy is the complete opposite of my strategy. My strategy was right <laughs> off the bat. Like, yeah. look at look at this, look at this, ladies and gentlemen. What what this, is this? What do you call this one, Seth? What do you call this? I used to call. I used to have an. <laughs> I used to have a name for it as like the cascading down strategy, or as that <laughs> as the cascading down strategy is you just keep. Like, you know, the way that I used to add it up in my head, I'm not saying this is, you know, like uh, this is an evolving process, but I guess you'd call this the productive struggle. Right. And I feel like I was able to get a lot of good pieces here. You know, Addison Hawkinson, Drake London. I got my quarterbacks that I think are going to be viable for the next at least three years. I I love getting Gino where I got him. I think he's still undervalued. But you look at every single one of these picks is has been made with a one specific thought in mind it's like i want youth and i want upside uh and maybe the quarterbacks you could say i you know Derek carr yeah yeah you know but i i feel like Derek carr is going to be in the league for the next four to five years despite how i feel about him as i mean and getting him in the eighth round i thought was fine but you look at bateman cook laporta addison uh Williams there in Detroit I mean this is uh I feel a high op- upside build and I have four picks next in next year's draft likely going to be in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes right there with Arizona so yeah I, I like this team a lot actually with how I'm going about it because there are a ton of people trying to win now including Maddie yeah, the league is definitely full of people trying to win now, which is why I'm having an issue getting into these, you know, double-digit rounds right now is because people need these players because they're deep starting lineups, so, and people are trying to win. Yeah, Matt, do you want to talk about your strategy here going fields above Lawrence and Jackson? We've talked about this before, but I, I actually like this. Yeah, for sure. So if you, if you follow uh, Johnny Kingsley, the deep ball project, you know that Justin Fields was – one of the league's best or slash most accurate deep ball passers last year. There's a lot of similarities that I presented last week between Fields and Lawrence as passers in their rookie seasons. And Fields has a top five fantasy points per game season on his resume right now. And so going a little bit more 
short-term upside with fields as we know the the shelf life of rushing quarterbacks isn't as long as you know a pocket passer that stays protected but justin Fields showed game-breaking upside last season and i want to be in a position where i can compete now with an elite asset like justin fields but also bet on the youth and so i kind of took a neutral startup so uh to start it getting you know guys like metcalf and dj moore who are 25 26 years old they have some certainty but some longevity left getting you know two quarterbacks who are konami running back or konami quarterbacks who are under the age of 27 getting uh Brees hall at age 22 and and pollard and rashad white in their primes uh wasn't really planning to take antonio gibson at 10-9 but i wasn't a fan of the receiver tier that was there and figured i can probably address that at the 11-7 and Antonio Gibson essentially is going to be a receiver in Washington with the way this offense is set up. So uh, again, taking a younger asset who I think has some more short-term potential. Um, And then, you know, now just trying to continue to build out, obviously the soft spot is receivers, but just with the way the draft board was falling, I, I, I figured I can, you know, continue to address that. We have quite a few rounds left. So I think I can still shore up these, these receiver positions. Yeah. So I know this is a this is a big a big board with a lot, but Cody or Maddie, uh, is there any pick that you thought was either a reach or a supreme value? Anything that stands out to you here as as we look at this board? I I personally thought the the CD Lamb two three was a good value for D. Yeah. Falling this low, uh, you know that, but that's what happens in Superflex Dynasty startups. Watson. And, and Richardson, you know, flew up to the, the 12th and 13th overall picks. Cody went Wilson over Lamb. That's, I know that's his guy over Lamb. You know, we can't all get everything right, Cody. Uh, but, yeah, Lamb falling at 2-3, I thought was good value. I think I'm going to go quarterback here. Um, Tua, that's just my, maybe that's a personal thing, but Tua at the 312 is a, is a bit rich for me, um, especially when you're looking down the pipe of, of a bunch of receivers like Metcalf, Higgins, Smith, who are going to be here for a while, the tight ends. Uh, when it's premium pits, Andrews, Kelsey, like Barkley, like Smith, Dax there, whatever. Like I just did the, the tour thing for me really, um, again, starting with the Mahomes Hill. I, I know he gets the stack there with Tua, but Mahomes Hill, I mean, I could have just, why not take Metcalf? Why not take uh, one of the tight ends and then come back and get Daniel Jones there at the 4-1? That's probably where I would have went uh, different, and I think that was a bit of a reach there too. Yeah, that's a good point he brings up. Yeah, double tapping the quarterback – when you're trying to win now with those two first pieces, feels like a move that's going to keep you kind of, it's going to hold you back a little bit. He's in the sweet spot of like all of that young slash median talent, median aged talent. And it's just like, mm. I feel like that's when, I mean, Jug obviously starts at one, he gets Patty Mack and then he comes back, get Hill. Hill's got two, three years left in him. So as he says, why not go more in that direction instead of, you know, just, playing the insurance game and double tapping quarterback. I just don't get that. Yeah. Being able to grab from Seth's perspective, being able to grab London after that turn probably felt like a blessing, right? Cause mm, you get, yeah. you get that cornerstone player who's so young and is already such a target hog. And you probably, I don't know if you were expecting him to fall back to you, but that was a nice value. And then being able to get Christian Watson again, two spots later there in that sweet spot, like Cody mentioned, those are some good picks. I love seeing Michael Pittman at six five. I think that's some good value for Pittman mm-hmm. um, with both his short term and long term um, shelf life. And you got Anthony Richardson. You know, if his quarterback's going the two one, if he's the if he's truly the quarterback ten in dynasty, then Pittman is is probably not 
the receiver 30 or 25, wherever he's being drafted at. So that's good value on Pittman there. Absolutely. And big shout out to Sam. I like what he's doing here with his squad because if things go right, he can win right away. But if they don't, you got Goff to sell off, Stroud, Herbert, and a bunch of youth. Shout out to Sam in that flexible build so far. Mr. Babbage, killing it. Yeah, shout out to the chat too. We got multiple members of the league in the chat, including uh, Gerard Dean, who he says, this is going to cover us up. He says, I'm open to hearing guys destroy uh, his team. Uh, I honestly think like we, we, this is a pretty responsible league. Like this is a player profiler listeners league. So I feel everybody in here is pretty sharp, but do we, do we want to, I mean, he doesn't have a second quarterback yet. It kind of waited on a tight end. He's got Watson over there. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Oh, Watson. Okay. Like, yeah, he traded with me. I'm the big point. The big question mark was David Montgomery in the ninth instead of a receiver. Yeah. Lock it there would have been nice with what he's building. Yeah. I agree with that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was just overkill. Even, even like Mixon, it was just like almost overkill after how he started it. Yeah. Yeah. He's got Henry. He's got so much uh, running back depth to take on a risk like Joe Mixon. Uh, Seems like it could have been better uh, money spent elsewhere. Yeah. I, I I agree. It's a little running back heavy, but I mean, you have Josh Allen, and I think Deshaun Watson's going to bounce bounce back this year. And you you, you probably have to make a trade because this looks to be a win now team too. Um, so I I would be looking to make a move for a wide receiver potentially. You don't have to make it now, but uh, I would be dipping my toe in that water uh, for sure. So that is our dynasty roundtable uh, startup draft. I feel like I said I feel like we have a lot of good sharp people in here. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm, I think everybody's kind of happy. I've talked with a few other people that are in this league. I think everybody's pretty happy with their team. So anyway, uh, and guys, yeah. guys, guys, just guess what I just did in the league. Guess what I just did. Did, did you make you, a trade? Did you make a trade? No, but I did send the round two offer to D Ray again. Uh, I thought you were going to, I thought you were going to say no, but I did save a bunch of money on my car insurance last week or something like that. I thought, Damn, I thought, I thought, I'm funny glad you it. didn't say that because that would have. <laughs> I, I thought I thought he was going to. I thought he was. I thought he was going to go totally unrelated. Um, so we have a we have a. Is this a new game that we play, Matt? Is this a new game that we play? We've been uh, through. All, I mean, it, we're we're pretty much done right now. We've just been we've been through all the positional groups. So we yeah. we started with uh, running backs and we made our way to to quarterbacks here, but. The people got to know the, the, you know, these, these close ADP situations when you're on the clock, it's very, it's very difficult. There's a lot of players with ambiguous situations that are, that are close together. So let's break down three quarterbacks and their, their current situations and whether or not we're buying or selling in dynasty. So Maddie, why don't you start us off by breaking down Kyler Murray right now? Uh, I think he's a buy at QB 11. Um, whether you have to wait the whole season or not, I still think he's a buy. Uh, even including last year, even though it was short, you only played 11 games. He's been a top seven quarterback on a points per game basis. Um, he's been very accurate his entire career, including last year where he was second in accuracy rating and true completion percentage. And if the Cardinals were to suck, go for Caleb and trade him, that might be good for Kyler Murray. That'd be a better situation than this kind of nothing franchise right now that doesn't have a whole lot of talent and isn't going to win a whole lot of football games in the near future. So regardless of the team that he's on, I think that Kyler Murray is a buy because this time next year we might be right back thinking he's, you know, QB6, QB7. You can get him at QB11 right now. What do you think, Cody? What are, what are your thoughts on Kyler Murray? I think I'm I'm 
borderline. I'm kind of in the same kind of in the same shoe. I have him at QB 12 in Dynasty. Um, I think I'm, I'd probably start buying him in the latter part of camp when it's looking like you know he may not play all year. Some people right now are in the conversation of like, oh, he might come back week nine, week ten, week eleven, whatever. I don't think this team is going to be anywhere near a place where it's going to be like, hey, Kyler, come back and play for this one right. and seven football team. So I, I think you're going to hit a spot where it's going to be like, yeah, he's out for the entire year. And then I think that's when I start buying him because um, I think he's properly placed right now as far as kind of where I have him ranked. And he's still just about to be 26 years old and things like that. I'm I'm content with where he's at right now. I'll wait and I'll buy him when I feel that that, it, that it, the, the floor completely drops out. Yeah. I I think I'm higher on him than consensus, but not that that much higher. And I I, I like that a lot because I that's kind of my strategy with CJ Stroud and and Bryce Young is I feel like not not so much in our draft, but in as a whole as the dynasty community, I feel like they're just super high on those guys. And I'm not saying that you know Bryce Young and CJ Stroud aren't going to be solid. But it, just taking them where they're going right now, I could see, I could foresee each one of those quarterbacks having a, a rocky rookie year. But Kyler Murray, yeah, I mean, he's finished no lo- lower than quarterback seven in fantasy points per game over the last three years. And now some people might say, oh, like uh, he's always injured. But if you really look at it, he's not. I mean, he's he's been dinged up towards the end of the season. Um, and then there's the whole murkiness of the future. Like he might not be with the Arizona Cardinals next year if they land that number one overall pick. But I think that's a big if considering what his contract is. And he's only, like you said, he's only 26 years old. I think this is a guy I want to to buy, but I also want to see how the market shifts because I could definitely see if he doesn't play at all this year, people are going to sour on him and his value is going to go down. And that is where you want to strike. Yeah, absolutely. When when you're trading for him, that's a completely you know different conversation you have to have about the market and where his value is going to go. When when you're in a startup draft and you're looking at different quarterbacks on the clock, uh, you know obviously you're weighing different positions as well. You know when he becomes that quarterback eleven in a startup draft and he starts falling because of you know his lack of availability this year. Teams want to win now in startup drafts, so they're avoiding a guy who might be missing the entire season. I'm looking to hit the button on Kyler Murray, as you saw in the draft where I did hit the button on Kyler Murray. You know, he's going to be a starter next year. There is a world where he where he starts this year. It, you know, it, it, it may not be as likely as we we want to think, but look, he, he's he's a talented passer. He's a talented rusher. And if he doesn't play this season, then he's going to be like a year and a half out of injury when he comes back to football. And so that's going to be it's going to be really good for his knee and his long term health overall, having such a long recovery period, getting able to get to truly 100 percent. So when we look at the quarterback tier that he's in, you know, depending on your build, I, I'm in on Kyler Murray. I don't like some of the younger quarterbacks in that tier either. Um, and we'll discuss some of them, you know, coming up. I, I don't it's hard for me to imagine a world too where Kyler Murray like think about some of the teams that are going to need quarterback you hear Minnesota, Minnesota. Is, is not happy with Kirk Cousins what if what if Desmond Ritter's no good those are mm-hmm. a couple of situations where you go oh my god that that seems like a perfect I mean it's hard to imagine his situation I don't know being any worse than it is in Arizona currently. I mean, am I off? Do you think I'm off base there? But that's kind of where my head's at too. And so I, that's why I feel it's, it's more of a safer investment than you think. And Mm -hmm. if you're, if you're buying Kyler Murray even now, but I'm also, I also kind of want to see 
what happens this year because I I don't really think there's much incentive for him to play. So no, there's really there's no there's not. You're also looking at next year, like if he's in Arizona and they have projected not two top five picks, like literally you're looking at Marvin Harrison in the DeAndre Hopkins role, and you're looking at another tackle to to fit in there. You know, like that's a much different looking offense with you know Rondale, Trey McBride, whoever ends up being the running back at that time, like Marvin Harrison. Like, yeah. It's kind of like Hopkins is out. Okay, cool. We got twenty-one-year-old son of a son of a Hall of Famer. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. I think there's still avenues for the upside. Obviously, he's almost twenty-six years old. It's it's coming off the ACL, and he'll be at that point next year. He'll be what eighteen months post-op, and that's the we just said that Dr. David Chow on Sirius last weekend talking about Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham's now eighteen months post-op, and he's like Odell Beckham's one hundred right now. So Kyler Murray with the rushing upside, like. I think there is going to be a window. Matty, Matt Babbage, you bought, you uh, drafted him in this in this startup. So, I mean, you got to be feeling pretty good for 2024 at least. Absolutely. We're trying to win in 2024. Yeah. I, you know, Seth and, and Cody bring up a, a good point in terms of waiting to buy. The only uh, pushback I'll give on that is, and these are for the people who know their leagues better than us, if the team who rosters Murray is not looking to compete, you're going to want to buy now because if he's looking at a one and seven start, he's not selling a quarterback that's going to jump right back in to that top 10 mix when he's not doing anything this year. So if you're in a league where this team is, was a contender a year ago, then I would absolutely wait for Kyler Murray because Cody and Seth, are, you know, they hit the head and nail on the head there that his value will go down to a team like that. But if you're looking at a team who's a pretender, not looking to contend, maybe looking even for the future and they're one and six, they're not going to sell Kyler Murray at that point. Yeah. It's a great point. We have uh, Jow Webb, 1223 yeah. in the chat. <laughs> Jow Jow Wick. I remember the Bears used to have a terrible tackle named Webb, but anyway. Um, he says, I'm in a – maybe, I don't know. I'm in a dynasty league who hasn't even set a date for the rookie draft as, as of yet. Please put this on the screen and clown my league so I can show them. So, John, uh, it sounds like your league doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some, someone so, didn't yeah, yeah. Someone didn't get invited uh, back to the league. Are they even rookies at this point? Aren't they like kind of been in the league? They've practiced. We've seen them in yeah. uniform. <laughs> yeah, I hope you didn't pay the entry fee, uh, Jow Webb, because uh, I don't know if you're going to get that back. But uh, yeah, if you haven't had the rookie draft yet. Oh, but yeah, we well uh, that come on. If if this is a real league, get the rookie draft going. How much more time do you need? How much more information do you need? Do you need to get through all of training camp to 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 really get your binoculars out and see? Oh, I see uh, Jordan Addison is running routes on the field now, <laughs> and I I need to make a few more notes in my pretend imaginary notebook before I feel comfortable selecting him with my 106 uh, rookie pick in the Superflex rookie draft. Uh, anyway, so there you go. There, That's my, me clouding your league, Ja Webb. So. The, the 108 in that league is holding it up because he's saying to himself, listen, if, if, if Kamara gets suspended, I'm pulling the trigger on Kendra, but I got to wait because I don't really want to take Kendra if, if he doesn't get suspended. So he's just holding up the whole thing for everybody. What a, what a jerk whoever has the 108. All right. So same question, guys, but – with Dak Prescott. Where are we at with Dak Prescott, Cody? Dak Prescott, I mean, you got to give him 
you got to give him his due, right? He's back. He's healthy. He's averaging 17.8 fantasy points per game last year. He does turn 30, though. So for me, he's the oldest quarterback in the top 10, and I have him right there at 10, just behind Anthony Richardson, who I recently moved up. Um, Dak, I'm indifferent on. Uh, they're, I think they're they're moving more towards a more pass-centric offense, obviously, with Zeke departing. I don't think it's going to be a, you know, give Paul 300 carries type of an offense. Um, at QB 12, I'm probably, you know, probably just holding him and playing him at QB 12 at that price. Um, it's probably, if I have Dak, it's probably because my team is, is, is looking to win. I probably have, you know, maybe a CD lamb or he Dak's probably my QB two things like that. Like I'm, I'm not selling Dak right now, but I'm also not buying Dak right now, strictly because he's 30 and there's, you know, uh, this influx of quarterbacks over the last couple of years. So we have like 15 guys that are sub 26, 27 years old. And that's kind of, he's just kind of in that middling area. I'd rather have him than cousins. He's five years younger, that whole thing. So not buying him, not selling him, but I'm using him. What I'm do you not, think, Maddie? I'm not nervous with the departure of Kellen Moore. I do think Dak will have a pretty good 2023 season in your redraft leagues. You know, Cody just grabbed him at the 3-1 in Scott Fishball. That was a great pick. Uh, but in Dynasty, I'm selling him. I'm going to aggressively shop him because at QB12, if you can get a Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones, Tua, mm-hmm. Geno Smith, plus an asset – I'm going to take that all day because I don't think there's a big differentiator between the two or between Dak and the rest of those quarterbacks. And I think the perception in the community is Dak is in that upper tier. You know, he keeps getting pushed into the same tier as those big nine, 10, if you count Deshaun Watson, and then it's Dak. So if you're telling me that I can get a additional pick, uh, you know, maybe a flex player, Something on top of Daniel Jones, Kirk Cousins, Geno Smith. I'm taking it all day, and I think it's there for the for the picking. So I'm selling them hard if I got them in Dynasty. Yeah, Maddie, you just named off all four quarterbacks that I was about to. <laughs> you got the same name, yeah, the same yeah. mind today, baby. Same way, Blake, where when it comes to Dak Prescott. I mean, if I'm even if I'm win now, you know, with the value of Cousins to a Daniel Jones, you can get Geno Smith right now in exchange for Dak. That's a huge positional advantage um and then when you when you think of you know if you're rebuilding or neutral you're not wanting a 30 year old quarterback on your roster you're going to want somebody who has a better balance of short-term production and expected expected lifespan like Tua, daniel jones or even taking a shot on stroud or bryce young so dak prescott and dynasty i i'm out at qb12 short term i don't i don't even know if he's going to be the guy in redraft this offseason i know you know, with Cody, it's a great point that they, they are not going to give Tony Pollard 300 carries. It's just not the type of offense you can sustain. But their their aggression towards being vocal about focusing on the run game just oozes. They're going to make poor situational play calling in yeah. the middle of this season. So it's I don't trust the play calling around Dak Prescott. They lost his second best receiver in Dalton Schultz, replaced him with a 30 year old Brandon Cooks. Michael Gallup is is now hitting that 18-month post-op mark. Maybe he's still got it. Maybe he's washed. We don't really know. So we're, we're looking at a very neutral situation compared to last season where he finished QB 13. And so I think he's he's pretty accurately priced, but I'd rather take the value elsewhere. Yeah, Dak is a conundrum for me because right now I, I have started, I haven't finished my dynasty rankings yet, but I thought this is the year where I'm just going to sit down and do it and think about it very carefully and i've gotten to like what like maybe the top i've gotten like the top 35 40 done and i'm sitting there and i'll just let everybody know that 
I have Kyler Murray, Dak, Richardson, and Daniel Jones ranked back to back to back to back. And I'm really wondering if I need to push Dak down a little bit further than that, to be honest. Yeah, I think you can make a good, strong case that you you should. Um, but Dak's pretty safe. I mean, he's I mean, he's probably going to be around for a bit, and he's got really good weapons in CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cooks, Tony Pollard. Um, you know, Dak – I mean, but the, the problem is the division's going to be good this year. Like, the Eagles' defense should be good. Washington's defense should be good. Giants, uh, I don't know. But Dak finished 12th in, 12th in QBR last year, 20, 22nd in true passer rating, which is not great. Uh, he did finish eighth in accuracy rating, um, but number 37 in catchable pass rate. So I I think Dak Prescott is maybe one of the most boring picks to make in your dynasty startup leagues, but he's going to he's gonna be solid, but he, I don't know if he has that upside of, a, of an Anthony Richardson or even a Daniel Jones, you know, and, and my strategy is to basically always go for upside, calculated upside. Uh, and so I probably should think about sliding him down a little bit further. How far apart do you have Dak Prescott and Bryce Young in your rankings? Uh, see, I, I just, I haven't even ranked Young well, yet. I, I have, but they're, <laughs> I, I just tell you, Bryce Young and CJ Stroud are further down the list right now. So, yep, yep. So that's, but that's, that's also kind of baking in the fact that I think they're going to have rough season. Like, I don't think, like, uh, uh, if they finish, I mean, what quarterback, I, I like quarterback 20 in fantasy points per game, like quarterback 16, like what's going to really make people get excited about these guys. You know, I, I just, I just don't really see a world where it's like, Oh my God, CJ Stroud, he finished as the quarterback six in fantasy points per game in Houston. <laughs> yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. it, it, I don't really see that world and where they're getting drafted in some of these leagues that it was almost like they would need to finish top 10 in fantasy points per game in order for that to happen. So it's almost like I'm the way I'm thinking about it is how like there are very few situations where their value is going to go up from this time next year. I understand they're going to be a starting quarterback for a while because they were drafted so high, but why not wait? If you're a gambling man like myself, I'm taking a calculated risk and just say, I'll, I'll try to trade for him next year. If I really like him. Yeah. I think that's, Bingo! I love that. Yeah, that's the move. Go ahead, Maddie. No, you could. I, I I completely agree. You could wait on these guys. They the teams themselves, the the Texans and the Panthers, they did all of us fantasy gamers a massive disservice by trading away their round one pick in twenty four because yes, they would be both of these yes. teams would be in a great spot if they could do if they could go the Joe Burrow route if they could go both the route Carolina and Houston both Carolina and Houston do both they both they, neither one of them have their first yeah. round pick. That's crazy. So neither one of them. I mean, if either team could hook uh, a Marvin Harrison at the beginning of the draft, an Emeka Ekbuka, Malik Neighbors, one of these first round type receivers, they would go a long way with the development of their games. Because what we have also noticed over the last, I don't know, five, six years, maybe even further, is these kids that come from big programs that have big time weapons succeed at the NFL level when they have NFL weapons. It's tough to just say, let's go, mediocre weapons, get on my back. I'm going to carry you to the promised land. You know, there's only one that's really doing it. It's Patrick Mahomes, and he still has Kelsey. He just doesn't have the receivers. But these two now are going to have to be another year out from netting their alpha receiver. Neither team has a true alpha on their roster. So are they good enough to elevate 
the Dalton Schultzes, the uh, Hayden Hursts, Adam Thielens of the world? I don't think so. I'm with you guys. I think if you like the talent and you believe in it, right now they're priced at their ceiling, so you can sell now if you roster them or wait to buy when that price comes down. Adam Thielen seeing number one corners after a couple of years of Justin Jefferson now with a rookie <laughs> quarterback, that is going to be, he's going to be put in the torture chamber. Yeah. Yeah. I, yes. Yes. And there are some good ones in the NFC South too. I mean, Lattimore, Terrell, they're not going to let him get his way. They, you know, they're going to, and I don't know if they're going to put him in the slot more often, who knows what they do, but it, it's, it's not going to be easy for, for the Carolina Panthers to, to chuck the rock. So Vic, Vic here has a question uh, that I think is interesting. You brought up Mahomes, Maddie. So uh, he calls us a gang, like, hey, gang. Like we're we are a gang. Like your middle school principal would be like, hey, gang. <laughs> uh, anyway. Hello, uh, fellow kids. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, teachers and students. Uh, so, hey, gang, what kind of ROI, I assume that means return on investment, would you need to trade Mahomes in Dynasty Superflex best ball formats, not in a vacuum, in a phone booth. I don't what know do what mean? that means. I don't know. I think it means toy. Of... We gotta we gotta we gotta be toy. I don't know what that means for our trade calculating, but we gotta yeah. be Yeah, but the vacuum about like he this. said not in a vacuum. The vacuum's pretty fucking tight. A phone booth is not the... as tight as a vacuum. That's, There's that's literally no air. That's a good Zero. point. So it's so yeah, we get to breathe this one out. We get to have some fun with it, I guess is what he's saying. Yeah. I would say this it, it, it's hard to it's having Mahomes and dynasty is like having a three million dollar house i thought you, you know? said like having a threesome or something i thought he's gonna i thought maybe maybe hold on why do you why do you think i have the burger phone in the back uh so, so uh that's that's my threesome phone um we're gonna get demonetized for sure uh shocker <laughs> i come back and we get demonetized that, that's what it is. cody is the mr demonization we, there Ma- maddie so on mock draft live sorry we'll get back to the point eventually at some time uh on mock draft live we got demonetized for saying naked kenny pickett because we, we, we went naked Kenny at the end. We went heavy. We, I mean, we said 85 times. But why is that bad? I don't know. Like, we clearly. Naked the, Kenny. The YouTube. Yeah, we went Kenny Pickett without a stack. So, naked Kenny. So, Big streaming just hates player profile. Anyway. So, uh, as I was saying, uh, having Mahomes in Dynasty is like having a three. So, I mean, uh, it's like having a $3 million house. Um, Three million. So, like, you, 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 you can you, have a lot of threesomes if you have a three million dollar house. I'm wait, I don't, I don't uh, understand. Alan can go. Alan Sislowski can go shirtless, but we can't. <laughs> yeah, we can't say the yeah, word naked. That's a good point. That's you a good hear point. the things they talk about on the Sonic Truth Live. Yeah, that, are they, are they getting demonetized? I don't think so. How's this? I need to figure this out, man. I'm the YouTube manager around here. Uh, so, <laughs> anyway, I don't know how Alan Sislowski's getting away with this, but uh, like, so. If you can find a buyer that's willing to pay the the what what was it in Game of Thrones the iron price maybe you think about it but I don't think you overthink it too much if you have Mahomes I think you're keeping Mahomes right it, the, the Mahomes trades are some of the hardest to break down we've gotten a couple of them on, on trade gods it's never easy because in my opinion if you're not getting Hertz Allen Burrow Herbert Jackson Lawrence or Fields plus yeah what's the what are you doing here I mean he's not like he's 37 he's 27 years old if you're rebuilding you want Mahomes. if you're winning now you want Mahomes. i don't see a scenario where i'm ever trading patrick mahomes unless i'm getting one of these top nine guys plus something on the side and then if i if i'm about to i'm about to tap in to that quarterback 
documentary on Netflix, and it highlights Patrick Mahomes. I've seen some of those clips. Ooh, the way he was talking that shizzy to Max Crosby, I ain't trading him for nothing right now. No. I I would want, you know, I'd have to get another quarterback up here in this tier, and, like, personally, I have Hurts and Burrow ahead of Mahomes, even though I, I just put all three of those guys in the same tier, and it's just whatever way you want to build your roster, do it. Um, if I was going to trade down, though, it would I would have to have a guy that's, you know, I don't know, like a Fields, uh, Anthony Richardson, something like this with upside and multiple picks. And by the looks of the trade finder on Player Profiler, I don't think I'm ever going to be trading away Patrick Mahomes um, because it's like Mahomes and Adam Thielen for Jordan Love, Kyron Williams, Trey McBride, two first, a second, a third. Like that's a fucking putrid, putrid pile. Mm. Mahomes for Rashad White in a first round pick. Like no. Uh, and this is one QB. Um, I, I guess I can click Superflex as well, but like this, this, none of this looks appetizing at all. Like it, what it would take is like literally, I would want Richardson or I would want Fields or something like this, and 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 like multiple picks. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's what it, that's just what it would take. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. Um, so we do have we do have one more player uh, to talk about. We kind of talked about him already, at least I did. Uh, Bryce Young. So where do we see Bryce Young? fitting in with all the with the, these other two quarterbacks that we've talked about we kind of already talked about it so cody any final thoughts on bryce young uh bryce young you know you asked earlier what where or i think maybe matt matt asked where he's at in reference to dak i have dak at 10 bryce at 16 uh bryce and cj oh. are back to back and um i really what are we looking for here why is he not ranked higher type of situation you mentioned it earlier there's the weaponry the weaponry missing in carolina the weaponry missing in houston and for me, there's like there's no rushing upside. He's still only 21, just about to be 22 years old. And when I just look at that top 12, uh, or even I guess you could just say top 14, everybody in front of him, that next tier in front is Russ Kirk. Russ and Kirk have a, a immense amount of weapons around them. Kyler Murray's there. Deshaun Watson's still 28 years old. Like it, it just gets these young guys with tons of talent, big breakouts that we've seen all over. It's like there's no way as you can put a Bryce or CJ up any higher. So yeah, I think I'm just holding, holding Pat here. At like what is it? Quarter, quarterback 15, 16. Where'd you have the, you have the ADP at 13. So I guess if people are paying a premium for Bryce, I would sell him. Um, I'm not really buying Bryce right now. It's just not my, my, my archetype at quarterback to, to, to chase, I guess in dynasty would be my thing. You know, I want that rushing guy where I want the big six, five, 225 pound quarterback type of situation. But um, but we've talked about Bryce Young and his size and all that stuff forever. I, I think the talent is there, but again, the, the weaponry is just missing. Like you said, what's the upside? Is he what quarterback sixteen to twenty in points per game? Maybe, m- maybe. Like I love Adam Thielen, but like Adam Thielen isn't going to help him elevate to anything. And, and we're talking about fucking Jonathan Mingo. We're talking about Lavisca Chanel, Hayden Hurst. Like what are we talking about? We love these guys, but these guys are not. Justin Jefferson. These guys are not mm. Devonta Smith, AJ, but like, it's not yep. even, there's no opportunity for it. And they've talked about liking Miles Sanders. Like I just, I guess if it's quarterback 13 and he's going around that DAC price, he's going around the Kyler Murray. Is that uh ADP? Like I'm good. I'm selling Bryce at that price. Yeah. And he's not, I mean, he's not in a division that's really going to project a shootout all that much either. So a dead division, a yes, dead division. Dead. Yeah. That's a yeah. good point. I also would just from a strategic point, if I'm not buying, 
Bryce Young, but if someone's out there looking to sell Bryce Young, why didn't you just sell the 104, the 103, whatever it was? Because that value, I would think, would be a little bit higher than Bryce Young is now. People now see the roster, see the weapons, see the outlook, and they probably have soured a bit, whereas that 103, that 104, it's that gift that hasn't been opened yet. You probably could have got a better uh, return at that point than you could now. Matt Babish, final thoughts? Yeah, I think it's just surprising that this is FFPC ADP. It's just it's kind of shocking that this is where the the FFPC community is on Bryce Young right now. Hmm. Yeah, no, I I and then you know I can yeah exactly. I think Bryce Young being QB ten ranked ahead of Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, Daniel Jones is just a bit rich for my blood. I I think the quarterback fifteen or sixteen range is about where he should be. So I I'm right in lockstep with Cody. Uh, we do have to run a quick informative segment with uh, with our partners at the FFPC, but don't go anywhere because we have some more Dynasty content with the executives right after this. Hey, you know, people always ask me, what's the World Series of Fantasy? What's the Super Bowl of Fantasy? And it's easy. It's the FFPC. Their signature Players Championship has a $6 million prize pool. And their best ball leagues start in February. And they're the answer to so many questions. Hey, what's the best place to get a Dynasty Orphan? Well, you can adopt a Dynasty Orphan at the FFPC right now. There's more orphans at the FFPC than anywhere else on the internet. That's why we partner with them. So if you want to play fantasy football for low, medium, high stakes, you love Dynasty, you love best ball, you love seasonal leagues, all types of fantasy footballers need to go to the FFPC and remember... Use promo code UNDERWORLD. Promo code UNDERWORLD gets you $25 off your first team. Promo code UNDERWORLD, $25 off your first team, no matter what the format is, at the FFPC. Go get it. All right, go check out the FFPC now. Also, go check out the Executives Patreon. On that page, you can find Cody's dynasty rankings that just dropped and based on the show i heard i hear maddie kewum's going to be dropping a little response to some of these rankings so i went ahead and reached out to him and prepped two names that maddie and cody differ on in dynasty and so each of them are going to give their takes and then seth and i are going to determine who we think you know won the argument whose side we're taking so who should we start with cody let's start with javante williams where you got him and why I think he actually might be frozen. That's what a hilarious face for him to freeze on. Right. I know that is good. That, that is, is good. hilarious. Either that, he's the best mime if, that we've, if, we've ever seen. I know that could be a possibility too, but if for the podcast audience, I just want to describe this. Okay. His, <laughs> his, his cheeks are sucked in kind of like, uh, you know, um, oh, those, those girls who do those Instagram photos, duck lips. Duck face. Yes. Duck, yes, li- yes, duck yes, lips. Yes. Yeah. Duck lips. He was doing that probably in response to uh, Matt Babich's question, right? And he was like, ooh, you know, the, the question or the, you know, whatever. Uh, but it froze right at that moment. So it was awesome. And I don't know if we could have hoped for anything better, to be honest. Listen, if you're going to have to freeze out, that's, when, that's the face that's you want to see. Something you could laugh at later. Something that's really funny. You know what I mean? That's pretty solid. 
Yeah. So Maddie, where do you have Javante Williams? So I'll, I'll, I'll let Cody, when he gets back, he can kind of t- say why he has him, but he has Javante at 11 and he stood out for me as someone being a little bit too high. And it really just comes with um, the massive knee injury that, you know, you're, we're getting fed all the optimism in the world that he's going to be back on time. But if we want to put our, you know, get into a little bit of a, a time machine, go back to last year, we heard the same things about JK Dobbins and JK did come back early in the season only to then re-injure himself and then be out for a multitude of weeks. And JK, unlike Javante Williams, was picked to be, you know, the feature back of this franchise, where Javante was not picked by Sean Payton. Javante was picked by the previous regime. So there is no real loyalty to Javante Williams long-term. We are and we are staring at running back bonanza in free agency, there's going to be another healthy dose of rookies coming in next year. I just don't see a situation where the Denver Broncos don't bring in a running back. And given the free agents that'll be out there, the rookies that could be brought in, it could be someone that's catastrophic to his long-term success. And then when you factor in Samaje Pirine being here right here, right now, we saw Pirine be annoying in the, in Joe Mixon, even though Joe Mixon was great, he was still a pester. And again, money talks in the NFL. They gave Samaje Pirine the money to come play running back for this new regime. So Javante, although I like talent, I'm a little bit worried about the knee injury this year. And I don't think he's as safe of an asset long-term as he was a year ago. So not that I don't like Javante. I just think that he had him in his top. He had him at running back 11. That was a little bit too high for me. Running back 11. Uh, I feel good about it because he just turned 23 years old. Um, and That's like of course, 80 in running back years. What? 80. What? That's like I mean, 40. It's like 40 in running back years. Yeah. It's okay. It's yeah. okay. And we all, yeah. and we all know. Midlife crisis Williams with a catastrophic knee injury. We all know 40 is the new 30, and round four is the new round three. So it's fine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the, the thing is, is we saw what Javante was last year, and – 200 carries, 900 yards. He had four rushing touchdowns, 53 targets, 43 receptions. And that was last year with Russ. And, or not, no, sorry, two, two years ago in Denver. And then he gets hurt last year after week four. And I, I think when you're talking about Sean Payton in this offense, Sean Payton had Darren Sproles. He's had Alvin Kamara. He's had Mark Ingram. He's had all these running backs that have done well in fantasy and PPR. And I don't think Javante is going to be 100% this year. It's just not his – J.K. Dobbins obviously was the same situation. Javante's not going to be 100% this year, but I'm going to keep him up in that top 12. You look at the guys that are around him right now. Najee Harris, 25. Tony Pollard, 26. Josh Jacobs, 25. Rashad White, 25. Those are all guys that are right below him that I have ranked. And then it's Kendra, Austin Eckler. Javante is still going to sit up there. We've seen it on the field. We've seen it on the wax. We've seen Sean Payton play these, play these running backs in positions to – Excel in fantasy. So 24.1 years old, we're going to get Javante in year four with Russell Wilson and Sean Payton, weaponry around him, Dulcich, Judy, Marvin Mims. I'm going to be content having him on most of my rosters in Dynasty because of really the price tag currently and people's unwillingness to just stay patient with him. So I'm going to keep him up there. I I, I feel good about having him at 11 because – I'm never probably going to push him any higher. Maybe I'll push him a spot or two higher, depending on what we see from ETN and Dobbins this year. But and Swift, but I'm content with where he's at. I I, I understand the questions with Samaje. Um, Samaje's not good, so let's let's get over with that. But 
can we come on? It's Javante Williams. We know what he is. And in this new offense, I think he's going to excel once he's healthy. But I would also say, too, that what we know about Javante is he's had to split carries his whole career. I mean, it's only two years, but last year before he got hurt, we the highest snap share he had was 65% in one game. It was under 50, two other games. So, I mean, he is a guy who splits too, but that's also could be a point for your on your side, Cody, that if that's Sean Payton's offense, we saw Kamara and Ingram both be very Excel. good at dynasty running. Yeah, we have seen it before, but you know, you know what's even better than Javante and Samaj P. Fine would be Rocket Sanders and Javante. It would be one of these studs or a, a beast veteran. So, but that's in the cornerstone rankings, though, right? You got to come over to patreon.com forward slash executives to get those that's cornerstone yes, rankings sir. to know who Rocket Sanders is. So you can say, hey, what are these cornerstone rankings when you have Rocket Sanders and Javante ranked on the same sheet? That's a different conversation. Is Pros, that, uh, pro, baby. Is that the running back from Arkansas? Heard that. Yep. I, I like yeah. him quite a bit, actually. On the last episode of uh, the executives, too, we just randomly got into a Debbie conversation. We talked about a lot of a lot of Braylon Allen talk, which is another running back coming in next year. Mm. All right. So to speak to speak to Maddie's point on opportunity share, the one thing I'll refer to is the most important metric when it comes to running back opportunity, and that's weighted opportunities. And so these are very heavily weighted towards red zone touches and targets. Uh, As Cody mentioned, the Alvin Kamara role and the Sean Payton offense. Javante Williams was number 13 in total weighted opportunities as a rookie, 12.1 per game, and then upped that to 16 per game in his four game sample. So he, and that's still with a 56% opportunity or yeah, 56% opportunity share and 53% snap share. So he doesn't need to be a guy who's always on the field to be that dude. And he was killing it in terms of, you know, fantasy points per game to start the season. And he broke out last season. They had some random affinity towards Melvin Gordon that, that didn't make too much sense, but I'm going to tend to side with with Cody on this one. I have Javante ranked higher than consensus. Uh, Seth, what say you? I like Javante quite a bit. Um, I definitely think, I I don't know if I'm as high as Cody, but I'm definitely higher than consensus, which, I mean, if I kind of use keep trade cut as my barometer on the pulse, on the pulse of the the American dynasty landscape uh, is keep trade cut for me. And I compare that to player profiler dynasty rankings. And then, you know, I'm in the process of crafting mine. Uh, So he's right sandwiched in between Najee and JK Dobbins right now on uh, keep trade cut. I think you could make the argument. He should be a little bit higher than that Um, because he is young because we know he's efficient, right? He ranked in 2021, he ranked, number six in yards created number seven yards per created per touch. And the run blocking was atrocious that year in Denver is number 57 in run block, run block rating. So, and, and he gets targeted out of the backfield. He's a good pass catcher. So that's, those are traits that I always look for in running back. So the only question mark I have about Javante, I think the only thing that you could say is what about the injury? And that's the obvious thing, right? Is how, how much is he going to play this year? You know, uh, it's it's very similar to the J.K. Dobbins injury. He's this year's J.K. Dobbins. Those are that's kind of what's out there, and and I don't know the answers to those questions. I wish I did, but I'm willing to make a bet on talent always, and I feel like this is a supremely talented player. So while I'm you know doing the very very um, what's the word for it uh, like this thing that's irritating is kind of landing somewhere in the middle. 
but I'm more on Cody's side, I think, than than Maddie's side. I'm willing to take the the risk that a young player is going to recover from an injury and kind of wind up like a J.K. Dobbins, but a J.K. Dobbins that catches more passes, and that's something that I really like. Maddie, do you have all four of the, the top four guys next year? Braylon, Travion, Trey, Benson, and Raheem Sanders. Raheem, Rocket Sanders, Raheem Sanders from Arkansas. All four of those guys. Would you have all four of those guys ahead of Javante right now? Uh, you're gonna have to kill 13 seconds while I look it up. They're back to back to back to back in your in your running backs, uh, in your cornerstone. That's why I ask because for me it's Ken Walker, Will Shipley, Rocket, Trey Benson, then Kendra. So, uh, and Kenneth Walker for me in Dynasty is seven, and uh, Kendra 16. So it's in between there. And like I said, Javante's at 11. So I think I would take Shipley over Javante at this point. Rocket's 20.8. That'd be that's such a close one. That's so that's like off the top of your head, you just ripped off Rocket, and that's like I think they're right. If you were going to combine com, combine Dynasty and Cornerstone, put them because uh, Kenneth Walker, or, sorry, because um, Javante Williams isn't on the Cornerstone anymore because he's too old. I think he would fit right between Shipley and Raheem Sanders for me. Yeah, I got. I would keep. I would rather have all four of the guys coming out last year. I think or next year. I think next if they year. were in the same draft class as Javante, I think they all would have been drafted higher than Javante. Knowing what we know now, they all have bad seasons. Obviously, yeah. that's going to affect draft their draft grades. But I do like all of them better. Uh, and then it's again, it's not that I am necessarily nitpicking uh, Javante as a player. I think he's talented. I like what I've seen from him. I like the pass catching. Prowse got what ten catches in Week One last year in a comeback mm-hmm. effort against the Seahawks. So I like his skill set. I think at eleven though, it's just too rich because I'm looking at our cornerstone rankings, and I would put him right now right above Rashad White in between Rock, Rocket Sanders. That would make him uh, running back nine overall. And then right below him, I mean, Kendra Miller, If I think Kendra Miller is talent, more talented than Javante Williams, and he's three years younger. Uh, and then there's, there's still a lot to be said of, of a few of these other guys that are below him. So, again, it's not that I don't like Javante. I just think at 11, he's going to be more of probably in my dynasty rankings, probably closer to 17, 18, 19, even 20 than it is 11. I, j- I just wrote up Raheem Sanders for my, for my 2024 rookie rankings, and I have him at um... – number 10 number 10 overall right now and super flex anyway overall across all positions yeah okay yeah so i i don't like there's there are a lot of these quarterbacks anyway we, we could talk about this a whole nother show uh some of these quarterbacks man i don't ah, know. see cody we hooked them in now they're gonna have to invite us back to do talk oh, about yeah. Something else. oh yeah we do we should <laughs> do it. Well, wait, wait. well we also got seth which breaking news we got seth on the executives this weekend so uh, oh then we can talk about it there so you got to go tune into the executive. You got to become a Patriot. You got a, a Patreon member. So there's another player that you guys have a disagreement about. Uh, Tank Dell. Uh, who wants to start with Tank Dell? I'll start too. Cause Cody, I have a couple questions. Who was the best route runner in the 2021 class? Uh, that would be, well, Tank Dell. no, the 2021 class so two years ago. I'm putting you on the spot here. Oh shit! Uh, uh, 2021 class. So that would have been um, what is that? That's not Olave, is it? No, that would be last no, year before. God, I got my years all fucked up now. No, I'm putting you on the spot here. This isn't your fault. This is my fault. I was gonna say you just totally blindsided me, and I'm like, wait, wait, what year is what now? I don't know. I can't remember the classes by that. I so, let's put, so then last year, who's the best route runner? Olave. Yeah. And then who's the best route runner in 2023? Dell. Tank Dell. So Tank Dell is someone I know. He's small. 
Yeah. But you're talking about a guy who has 2,600 receiving yards over his last two years in college mm-hmm. in a wide receiver room that is about as thin as very, I don't know, what's very thin, guys? What's super thin that's not going to get paper. as thin? Paper. Some, paper. Some paper thin. thin. One ply paper toilet paper. Thin. One ply toilet paper. Way to keep the monetization green, boys. I love it. Well, we've already, just, screwed, we've already screwed that up, but it's okay. It's okay. It's all right. Then who knows? Maybe the I, maybe the YouTube algorithm favors I, threesomes and three three million dollar mansions. I don't know. I don't know. That that There's might have a lot of those things going on, dude. There's a dude. lot of those. Things going on. <laughs> I wonder if I could come up with a title for the show called Threesomes and Three Million. To three win. players you need in that a three million dollar threesome. <laughs> just DK Metcalf, just Bing, 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 number one, one oh one in that draft. Mike three players not to invite to your three million dollar threesome. <laughs> DK that, Metcalf, that, Miles can that be my next article for player profile. Sean Oakley. Okay. I'll take that one. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, oh, baby. we're done now. That was the nail in the Hey, top. no, but maybe they've stopped listening. You know, maybe YouTube's like, guys, they went over an hour. They're good to go. They don't need this. But, hey, if not, it's yeah. so fun. But really, Cody, the only the thing that flagged Tank Dell to me is you have Cedric Tillman ahead of him in your dynasty ranks. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Really? That surprises me. I, I why, why Cedric Tillman over Tank Dell? draft capital and i like cleveland yeah. i like cleveland way better than i like houston this year i mean again it's, tank yeah. dell's opportunity is there right uh cooks is gone it's like nico it's xavier hutchinson should have an opportunity like right but i compared him to adam thielen and it's like whatever i could take hutchinson a couple years tank dell though like that route running i've said it 117 times he skates everywhere he goes on the field and he's 4-4 speed like tank dell should i'm not saying should i'm not gonna say should has the upside to go for a rack this year with CJ Stroud because CJ Stroud, the one thing I will say, as much as I don't love his arm and I don't love his talent as far as coming to the NFL, is he, when he has a connection with a guy, there, there's really no stopping it. Like he puts the ball because he knows where that guy's going to be. If he knows that guy's going to be a foot off the numbers, 17 yards right to an angle, it's going to be 17 yards out to the angle, a foot off the number. Like it's just going to be there every single time. So, and I think Tank does a guy that he runs routes so crisply and so cleanly and skates over the field that I could see him having an opportunity, but also Tillman on the other hand, right? David Bell's hurt and David Bell had an opportunity. He failed last year. Mike Woods has been hurt. I think he just tore his Achilles. He had an opportunity. Didn't really do much with it. It's Donovan Peoples-Jones. Schwartz has been banged up. I think Schwartz got banged up again, so it's like DPJ, Amari Cooper, Cedric Tillman. I know he's like 23, 24 years old. The opportunity is going to be there for him. That's the only thing I'm betting on is just like, you know, him being that was it who was the big who was the big bastard that got a couple of games uh jalen strong in houston with with sean oh, watson yeah. years ago yeah. he never panned out but it was just i think tillman's a good receiver that's that's what it comes down to and he's a big body guy he's not the burner like donovan people's jones he's not as good of a route runner as amari cooper he's just a big body donkey you can put out wide right but if, if tank dell you see a situation where he goes for a rack this year i would i mean dude, love that Will Cedric Tillman will never even sniff a rack. What's that's, his peak? Six fifty, seven hundred. Six, yes. That's his peak, and that's like you said, yeah. he's a donkey. He's number three now. If he was going to be lining up out, outside of Amari Cooper, and they didn't bring in Elijah Moore, they didn't bring in Marquise Goodwin, they didn't bring in these ancillary pieces. 
maybe I'd be on with such a tone because I did think the kid was pretty talented uh, coming out in the draft process, and he got that draft capital. But now with all those guys in the mix, you know, D, you know, Njoku, now they're talking about Nick Chubb getting in the passing game. I just don't see a situation where Cedric Tillman puts up what Tank Dell can. So that was really why I was like, man, he's too low on Tank Dell. All right, I moved him up five spots for now ahead of all the rookies over in front of him, Tucker, Rice, and Tillman. All right, cool. make it make it progress, is. make it progress, fellas. Uh, it's um, you know, sometimes that's what you got to do. <laughs> yeah, that's what you gotta, that's why, that's why you Cody do. and I work so well. You, you know, yeah. I mean, we're okay. We're letting each other know what we're thinking. How do we change this? Like, I mean, I, we went out to Cody and I met up. He was in Massachusetts a couple weeks ago. We went out for lunch, and you know, oh. it was just like we just decided to to bro it out for. Uh, we were gonna chat a little bit. We look up the clock. Three hours go by. That's just a type of. Uh, so the type of relationship we have, you know what I mean? We could just yeah. talk it out. Talk it you, out. You guys should, we should all have like a, you know, you know, like we're, we're under the, uh, you know, we're, we're over time, but we ought to have like a, a three hour like show where we're all just, I don't know. A pot-a-thon? Like, a dogathon? A, a, a dogathon. Dog. Dog, yeah. A dogathon. Yeah. We, I mean, that, that could be a, an ex- a little idea for you. The executives, I don't know, throw an underdog draft in there to see what happens. Seth, tell your producer to cut out about a minute around one hour, 11 minutes in so that no one else takes this idea. Okay. Uh, Nathan, are you listening to that? (laughs) Write that down. Cut it. Cut it. Cut it. Cut it it out. (laughs) Uh, We do have, uh, we'll we'll do this rapid fire because we have, we're a little bit over and we want people to go over, not right now, but eventually go over to the goat district, which is airing right now, probably. Uh, So, Preseason is a time when a lot of cheap stashes can be had, right? There's hype all over the place. So who are some deeper prospects managers should be getting on their rosters right now, Cody? Uh, Dwayne McBride. Dwayne yep. McBride, obviously, yep. that's Minnesota back. Um, Evan Hole's an interesting one um, if, you, if you want to. I think that Indianapolis situation is very sticky um, as things come around to the season. Um Non um, prospect, uh, so sophomore would be Zamir White because of this Josh Jacobs thing. Josh Jacobs has like a, a week maybe to sign an extension before the season starts. Otherwise, you can't sign an, an extension until the season's over. Uh, as being a franchised guy, and he's uh, already explained his, you know, uh, this. Uh, comfort with being a franchise player during the season. So Zamir White would be the next back, next best back. We think, we hope, right in that backfield. Unless you think Amir. Abdullah's good or something like this. Um, <laughs> Daneric Prince is in Kansas City. He's an interesting one as well. Uh, and Tank Bigsby. Tank Bigsby's probably my favorite because everyone's running out to Travis Etienne again. And it just seems like maybe they aren't in Jacksonville of the same thought that, hey, Travis Etienne is Jameer Gibbs. Travis Etienne is Alvin Kamara. Maybe they don't want him to be that. Maybe um, you know Tank, Tank Bigsby, I think he was like 208, 212, something like this when he came through. If I was anybody in Jacksonville, because there's no backs in that backfield other than Snoop Connor that weighed 220 plus, I would have the day Tank Bigsby showed up, I would have said, Hey, Tank, you're not big enough to be called Tank. Go to the lunchroom. <laughs> all the chocolate milk, all the red meat, all the potatoes you want. Tank Bigsby needs to be 224 when the season starts. Tank Bigsby needs, needs, needs to be the goal line back, et cetera, et cetera. And that would be the one guy that I that I definitely want uh, as the season goes on because we've seen ETN get dinged up and dinged up and dinged up. And this offense should be good, even though it's Calvin Ridley, Ingram, and Kirk. It's kind of odd to say that, but it should be a very good offense 
in a very poor division or young division, I guess. But Tank Bigsby, Evan Hull, Dwayne McBride, Samir White, those are kind of the names I'm looking at running back. What about you, Maddie? So Cody kind of covered the prospects I think you should stash. I'm going to go with an, a non-prospect that I think you should stash, somebody that um, he's on a good team. And I think sometimes when these players, these these nobodies, these kind of flash-in-the-pan type players are on good teams, you got to scoop them up quick because hype can get a little irrational behind players on really good teams. So that's why in my dynasties, I'm trying to stash Richie James right now. He mm. is now on Kansas yeah. City. Last year, and I tweeted this out in 2022, only four wide receivers met this criteria. First, they had a 45 or better percent route win rate and 6.5 or more slot fantasy points per game. Those four players was C.D. Lamb, Amon Ra St. Brown, Chris Godwin, and Richie James. So he brought a lot to the table late in the season for the Giants. He was a late addition for the Chiefs. He could be cut in a few weeks, but I think you get him on your team now because if he's not cut, if he is how if he does get additional hype behind him, if some people in the community start getting behind him, the price tag will be so irrational around Richie James. You're gonna want him now so that you can kind of be in the driver's seat when it comes to a play like that. Love that. To get if I'm gonna give out one, it's gonna be Rashid Shahid. Um, so there's a I, lot of of talk coming from particularly Nick Underhill of of uh, the the Saints kind of camp or, or press whatever you want to call him. Um, so apparently Rashid Shahid had not really figured out the playbook until about halfway into the season, and from week 12 on, Rashid Shahid had 62.8 yards per game, and Chris Olave had 56.4. I'm not here to tell you that he's better than Chris Olave, but I am here to tell you that he's going to have a significant share in this passing offense. And with his athleticism and his speed, he's a shifty guy. You saw him get, you know, some some gimmicky touches similar to what, you know, the, the Chiefs will give Kadarius Tony. So he's going to have that type of role, but he's a more talented receiver. He's a, he's better in the deeper parts of the field. And Michael Thomas is not a guy that moves me these days. And so Shahid being a, a, a UDFA, I think, uh, and being in his second season, still not fully refined, he'll get some preseason snaps most likely. And once the camp videos start coming out and he maybe he, he gets a long touchdown in preseason, his value is going to go up. And it's either going to be when he makes a big play or when we realize MT truly isn't that guy anymore, which we should have already realized, but not everyone has. So I, I'm getting Rashid Shahid wherever I can. I love that one. That was on my list as well. Um, for me, I'm very interested, especially in these tight end premium leagues. We we all know my feelings toward Aaron Rodgers, but sometimes he does elevate the random Bob Tanyan type tight end. Bob Tanyan. Right? And so I, my guy, I think that might be on a lot of your waiver wires, is Tyler Conklin. And... There's a little bit to like here. Um, you know, he was number eight in targets amongst tight ends, only 87, but, you know, tight ends are, you know, that kind of landscape that we're talking about. But number 14 in target separation, get separation. I think that's something that Aaron Rodgers is going to like. He only, he was 43 in red zone targets. I could see that changing this year. And of course, we all know how terrible the quarterback play was in New York. So this is a guy in an offense that gets a quarterback upgrade, maybe not as big of an upgrade as we think, but an upgrade. And I could see this guy being a, a safety outlet for a guy who 
let's face it, Aaron Rodgers is going to need all the help he can get at age 39. <laughs> He's got a lot of help, but uh, I, I could see Tyler Conklin being a, a, a safety valve for him for sure. So Tyler Conklin's my guy. Uh, we had Franz, Franz in the chat. Uh, maybe we can drop the link in our in, in the show comments um, after the show. We'll do that so you can find it there. Cody, you look like you have something to say. I got I got one more receiver because I only did running backs. Okay. I want to give you okay. one receiver that I I, okay. thought, I I didn't remember until actually Matt Babich was talking, and he's talking about Michael Thomas in this in this way of you know he doesn't really do it for me. I'm going to steal that. Cortland Sutton really doesn't do it for me, and I forgot about this Marvin Mims guy who's wide receiver yeah. 70 right now, an underdog. And you just look at the situation. I love it. I have Mims 35th in wide receiver in Dynasty, number 35, wide receiver 35, uh, wide receiver 70 underdog right now. So Mims is a guy that you bring up Sutton, like Sutton's been banged up. What is he? Is he going to last? How long? I don't care. I don't know. And Judy's been getting all the helium on uh, Twitter. Tim Patrick is going in the same area as Marvin Mims. And the one thing we do know about Marvin Mims is that was Sean Payton's first draft pick as a Denver Bronco, and he traded up to get Marvin Mims just like he did to get Brandon Cooks when he was a New Orleans Saints head coach. So I'm going Marvin Marvin Mims as a wide receiver that I want to buy before the season starts. Mims. Nice. Very nice. Well, gentlemen, we, we can't thank you enough for coming on the program. We should do it again. Uh, like you said, you can check me out on the executive's show on sunday as well as maddie and uh cody where we, i'm sure we who knows what will happen we might talk about you know 2024 players might talk about 2023 players might talk about 2025 players you never know you never know what happens uh but <laughs> we'll uh we'll get you guys out of here uh with a bold prediction uh cody do you have a, a bold prediction for the 2023 nfl season my bold prediction for the 2023 season, the Philadelphia Eagles win the Super Bowl and DeAndre Swift is RB3 on the season. A double Ooh. dipper. Ooh. You, should have had, you should have done three. Then you could have had a $3 million threesome for a bold prediction. There you go. There you go. Philadelphia Eagles win the Super Bowl. DeAndre Swift is running back three. And Jalen Hurts, I don't fuck it. I just butchered the fucking <laughs> I just butchered the fucking <laughs> Yeah. Nothing. I got no, nothing. Okay. Roll, roll with two. Rashad Penny MVP. doesn't touch the football. Jalen Hurts. <laughs> Jalen Hurts MVP. There you go. That's not hot, but that, that, that'll take it. We'll add that on. There. All right. All right. That's the three million dollar threesome right there. There you go. Three three million dollar threesome picks oh from uh, Cody Carpentier. Uh, Maddie Kiwum, what's uh, bold prediction? Kirko Cousins throws for fifty touchdowns in twenty twenty three. Let's go. Matthew Stafford threw for 41 with Kevin O'Connell in 2021. Minnesota was the third. They threw the ball the three, third most in terms of team pass plays per game last year. Cousins has his best set of weapons. He's had his entire career. No Dalvin Cook. And when you look at the, Min- the Minnesota Vikings schedule, ooh, it's perfect for us fantasy gamers. They go to Chicago and to Green Bay early, and then they have 11 games indoors next year. You know what that means, right? If that happens, guess where Kirk Cousins is going to be, Vikings fans? He's going to be right on the Minnesota Vikings roster again, if that happens. <laughs> yeah. How are they going to get rid of him if he throws 50 touchdowns? They're not. I mean, can't, can't do it at that point. Can't do it. Can't do it. Won't do it. Can't do it. Can't coach him. Can't coach him. 
they're gonna they're gonna win the NFC North and get bounced in the first round of the playoffs again. But Kirk's gonna throw 50 touchdowns, and yep. since the defense gave up 34 points in the NFC divisional round, then <laughs> then they're gonna keep him. Yeah. They're gonna lose 34-31. It is and, so and gonna be back. It is so Kirk. perfect though for that prediction because the this defense is gonna be bad, mm-hmm. and Kirk Cousins doesn't run. So Justin Jefferson. Kirk Cousins, Jordan Addison, TJ Hawk. I mean, it's going to go. This offense is going to go bananas. The Bears' defense is no good either. The Lions' defense is average. The Packers' defense is okay, you could argue, but not the greatest. So this division is going to be shootout city. So I, I, I love that prediction, honestly. All right. So a I'll lot of my fantasy it. teams love it too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll. I'll parlay off of Cody and I'll, I'll lay out a, a $3 million threesome of my own since we're already, <laughs> we're already deep into it. Go. So Justin Fields is, is going to finish as a top six quarterback. DJ Moore is going to finish as a top 15 wide receiver. And Roshan Johnson is going to finish as a top 30 running back all this season. Ooh, yeah, Roshan. Oh, oh, oh. Had to make it a bear show by the end. Had to make it a bear show. Right. It's a it's a dirty job, but someone's got to do it. <laughs> Tyler Tyler Canabley was in the chat. He's 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 pro- on underdog. I think he like works and does underdog, and then roots for his local baseball team all at the same time. He's crazy. <laughs> uh, big Timberwolves guy too. Big yeah. Timberwolves guy. It's a big Timberwolves guy. Nice. I had no I, that I did not. Is know. he from Minnesota? Is yeah. Tyler? Yeah. He go, or he like goes to a like a sister campus of of University of Minnesota. Gotcha. Yeah, well, I mean, dude, growing up in Minnesota, dude, you're automatically Timberwolves fan, but you got to get over that shit once, once sometimes, <laughs> sometime you got to get over that shit. It, it just uh, wears out on you. That for me, that was like age 13. I just was like, I've seen uh, too much. I'm done. You, you got rid of KG? Fuck yeah, I'm done. I'm yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. I, well, Tyler said he drafted Fields and uh, D, DJ Moore just to honor me, which I think is a fantastic stack. By the way, I don't care what the haters say. That's going to be a winning stack, but I don't have a $3 million threesome, but I do want, I do have some, uh, some hate. I, I think T Higgins is going to disappoint some people uh, this year. Cause I, I, I think, I mean, he might be okay this year, but where he's getting drafted, I just, I think this is going to be the last season he finishes as a top 24 wide receiver in fantasy points per game. Cause I, I think he's one of those classic receivers. Who's good, not great. And some team is going to pay him like he's a great receiver and it's just not going to work out. So I, that's my theory on T Higgins. And uh, I, I think you, that's one of my top sell candidates kind of digging into the numbers. Uh, I think he's, you know, he benefits from Jamar chase being there and Joe Burrow being an excellent quarterback. So anyway, is T Higgins just Cortland Sutton, but on a team with Jamar chase when he's out fair. on an Island on his own, he seems to struggle He's slow and big and can't get open. Number, let's see, number 79 in route win rate, to back up your point. Number 58 in target separation. And he doesn't run deep down the field. It's number 50 in ADOT. So what? what's he good at? I don't know. Just taking on the number two cornerback wow. in the offense. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that was a good one. All right. I'm speechless. Well, go follow the executives on Patreon. Go do that right now. Click the like button. Click the subscri- subscribe button. We are way over time, but I think it was worth it. Uh, go watch the Goat District right now. Fantastic show with some Canadians, uh, JD, and uh, well, I don't know if Dan Williamson is Canadian. Dan's a Minnesotan. 
Eastern oh, Minnesota too, yeah. Yeah, that's close enough. Uh, all right, so thank you, everybody, for tuning into the show. I will try not to hit uh, an advertisement. I'll try to hit an end screen. <laughs> but until next time, nobody cares about Aaron Rodgers. We'll see you.